0: Welcome back to the Masters of Recon Podcast, your top automotive refinishing podcast
1: with your hosts, Corey Kleinfeldt and Ryan Brewer. Enjoy the show, guys.
0: Welcome back to the Masters of Recon Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Isaac Anthony out of Lubbock, Texas. He has been fixing cars all the way back since 2019 in the body shop world. And then 2020 enters into PDR and then 2022 moves into Restore FX. So um he's not a patient guy welcome to the show
2: Isaac. hey man thanks for having me it's uh it's a huge honor man i love y'all's podcast i love what y'all do and i'm excited to be here so excited to see the um, conversations that we have
0: yeah fantastic i don't know how we met i, I think you called me for opening up restore Effect center i think is the first time we talked is that right well
2: if the actually the first time we ever talked was uh i was trying to get advice on how to walk into a dealership and talk to uh Talk to uh yeah. managers, man. Um everywhere I, I went, that, I would get i, I get kind that. of shoved out the door, you know, and like
1: for dents um, or for restore?
2: For for dense, for dense. I was oh, cool. awesome. yeah, Lubbock's kind of a hell prominent area or it has been over the past couple years. So I didn't know this when getting into PDR, but um, whenever I got into PDR and I kinda um, got off my first hailstorm and came back home and started looking around, there's pretty much a PDR shop everywhere you look, you know. So
0: mm-hmm. um yeah, it's interesting.
2: Yeah. So going into dealerships was very difficult. So um, didn't have very met much success um, going into body shops to try and pick up their PDR work or going into dealerships to pick up their PDR work. So, um, and I knew that you were doing, um, you know, you were coaching people on the uh, uh, business side of things. And, you know, that's whenever I really mm-hmm. tried to, that's whenever I first kind of made contact with you is, uh, is uh, whenever, whenever I was having trouble landing accounts, essentially in the very beginning of my business
1: I'm, Have I'm you curious been able you, or, yeah go ahead you say the same thing go ahead same question did you get a lot of those accounts or did you
0: kind of change gears because it was so difficult or what
2: man I did um I did I did end up getting um several accounts over the first year um it was only really um two or three really good accounts that I had that would really keep me busy throughout the week um mm-hmm. I barely, I really hopped off my first hailstorm and was able to make enough money to where I really didn't necessarily need to really focus on making the maximum amount of money. I was mainly really trying to build my brand and build something that I could, um, you know, look at and look at, at is mine and it's stable and more of a, like a brick and mortar shop was kind of my main goal um, going into it. So, um, you know, I was, I was hitting up every dealership in town. And, uh, I was able to land two, three, uh, two or three accounts. And that was pretty much it, man.
0: Uh, how, 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 did I get land? Sorry, Ryan. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll slow, I'll slow down. <laughs> no,
1: it's the same questions. Like what was the biggest factor in you getting these accounts, you know, after getting coaching and, and just talking about what to do whenever you walk into a dealership?
2: Yeah. So, um, the main thing I really bet on, man, and, um, other than kind of just trying to be competitive with my pricing was um, I really banged on, um, you know, people looked at me as being young and looked at me as being, um, you know, not as experienced as everybody else. And um, that was really discouraging to me in the very beginning because I like, I just felt like I wasn't going to get the respect I needed in the time frame that I wanted, you know, I felt right. like it was going to, I felt like I was going to have to do a lot more. Um, uh, I was going to have to do my time, you know, um, really have to, you know, grind and pick up a lot more experience before I was going to be able to be taken seriously in any type of industry. So, uh, but, um, I decided to use my age and, you know, my likeliness as, you know, maybe a benefactor. Um, I went in instead of, you know, looking at my age as something that, um, was a, uh, deterrent for dealerships and, um, kind of just turned people off to using me in general. I used it as like more of a factor of like, you know, I'm, um, yes, I'm young, but I have the work, work ethic that these older guys don't have. You know, I have um, I have the tenacity and grind that a lot of these guys aren't willing to do. If you need me to come on a Saturday or a Saturday afternoon, anytime you need me, rain, shine, snow, you know, whatever, you name it, I'll be here. You know, I'm going to work. Uh, I'm going to be able to work out, outwork anybody in this industry just in order for me to achieve the things I don't want, that I want to achieve, you know, and Um, I was very fortunate to meet a um, kind of a younger, um, a younger used car sales manager um, that was willing to give me a shot. Um, He gave me a hell car for my first job and um, (laughs) it was beat, man. (laughs) It was beat up, and I. It was at
1: Texas hail, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's I mean, like, here, do do this one. <laughs> yeah. All my other guys turned to death. I mean, yeah.
2: and I did, I did the Hellcore for like pennies, like it was nothing. Yeah, I think I did it like for like hundred dollars. Yeah, if even, man, if even, I just wow, wanted the count so bad. Ended up doing the account, and he was like, "Yeah, man, you know, we'll we'll start using you." And from him, he put in good word to another dealership because they were a chain um, under the Cavender Auto Group. And Cavender, Cavender um, has Audi, um, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Cadillac, and Lexus. And since I was able to pick up Audi, I've been able to slowly bleed and like work my way into every all these other dealerships. So, um, so luckily, Roberto, man, I'll never I'll never forget him. I mean, we kind of went. They've gone through several management changes, and he's gone now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I really I really appreciate that guy because uh, he was willing to you know take a bet. You know take a chance on somebody so young so i really <laughs> appreciate it
0: so, so I, when we do these podcasts i like to point out a lot of, of i like to point out things that make people more successful than others so right. number one is that i never actually coached isaac uh yeah. I, I like to help people Ryan likes to help people pick another you know quote you can call them quote unquote leaders of the industry yeah. They, they like helping people. That's why we do it. That's why we do this podcast. Is why I coach people that's why all that stuff. You ask me questions and I answer the questions. Like you DM me very specific questions that had an answer and wanted an opinion. You didn't you didn't want to talk to me for an hour. You didn't ask me quite like you didn't ask me to do anything for you or anything. You just asked me questions. I'm like, here's what I would do. So I never actually coached you for one. But that's one of those qualities that I, I think people overlook is that. Don't be afraid to like ask people, ask people a question, you know, like Ryber or myself, or pick pick someone you follow in the industry or look up to in the industry, and, yeah. and don't be afraid to ask the question. The worst thing that the worst thing that happens, they don't answer it. But a lot of times, like we're we like to help people, and I want to see you win, new PDR guy, whatever. Like, yeah. here's what I would do. So that's the first thing I would say is that one fucking pay attention to what's going on, listen to the podcasts, go to MTE, do all those things, put right. yourself in a position to have those conversations with people. Okay. Almost, you did that. I'm, I'm assuming I wasn't the only person you asked the question to. Yeah. I, I'm almost certain about that. Um,
2: yeah, I, I got, it, a, I got a couple of guys that, you know, it's, it, it's almost foolish to not, to have an industry that is willing to help everybody. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. the PDR industry is such a good industry to be in, man. I mean, everybody is willing to help and, you know, um, um, give advice and everything else where it's needed. You know, it'd be foolish of me to try and to make mistake upon mistake whenever I have people that have already made the mistakes and have learned from the mistakes and can help me not make those mistakes again, you know. So
1: um,
2: that's the reason why, you know, it'd be foolish not to, you know.
1: Yep, that's what I think. That's what's cool about you being so young. I think that it shows the progression on the technology that you have at your fingertips. That's you know we exactly. didn't have that's that, so true. right? I mean, this dude, yeah. this dude, started in the PDR industry in 2018, and four years later, five years later, this guy owns his own business. He's doing hailstorms. He's got to restore effects. It's yeah. it's it's good to see the things that we're doing work, and it's not only us. It's everybody else. You got Shane Jacks you know Paul Corden. Yeah. you have Mike Toledo you have all these guys that have this this stuff that we didn't we didn't have this when we, we first started the, the business and, and it's and none of that shit matters
0: unless you are paying attention so I'm saying right. like unless you understand the price guide unless you uh, listen to the podcast and watch the lives and like do, there's it's a mishmash of ways to do stuff or be in the Facebook groups it's pretty simple uh, but like you said that's actually such a good point using technology to your advantage like that um, you don't right. even have to ask the questions if you're just paying attention everything to, to that's going on, you're going to learn a redi- like a ridiculous amount. Yeah, know. no, most definitely. So, yeah, with the forums over- and everything else that it. are
2: out there, man, I mean, there. I mean, there's no reason that you can't, you know, excel in this industry at all. Mm-hmm. I hear horror stories about, you know, back in the 90s and, you know, 80s where, like, guys were doing PDR, but they got, like, you know, shower curtains hiding them, you know, <laughs> they, they, they don't want people to see. It's like, no, you can't mm-hmm. see what I'm doing, this and that, and, like, that style technician is a dying breed at this point because they have nobody. I mean, they're in their 60s, you know, they're in their 70s, you know, they, they don't have anybody below them that they're able to give their business to because they've been so selfish with the knowledge, you know. I really do feel like, you know, Shane Jacks, you know, Jim Mitchell, Mike Toledo, all these guys that are really pushing the industry forward um, are doing the industry justice because um, it's going to be so much better than where it could possibly ever be, you know. Uh, it's it's going to be, I'm super excited for the future of it. I really am.
0: 100%. Second thing I wanted to point out is I, I sold a coaching program. It's still available. It's called the PDR Launchpad. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, and I sell it on um, the Dent Trainer website, if anybody wants to check it out. It's basically like all the things, a lot of things Isaac did to win in his, I would say, life or win in business and like how to get your business started. A couple of things he asked me. He listened to the podcast. He did all that stuff. If you don't want to spend years trying to figure all that out, you can buy the program on Dead Trainer. Anyways, one of the things I tell in that program is that everybody that's starting out, they can't go in and compete on the skill level. Like you, you couldn't, Isaac, go in there and compete with the dude hiding behind the curtain, right? No. Probably. and be like, I'm a better tech. Maybe no. you were, but you still didn't have the confidence either. And you probably you probably weren't it because PDR is such an acquired skill. Right. But you didn't even focus on that at all. You figured out the quality that you had that the other dude doesn't have. And it was age, hustle, grind, all that stuff. So Mm. don't focus on the stuff you don't have. None of it matters. It doesn't matter if you're not as good. It doesn't matter if that guy has 20 years of experience and you have 20 days of experience. You don't talk about that shit. You talk about the stuff that you have. And that's what you did. And I I just want to point that out because when I hear that, it's like I literally coached. Dozens and dozens of just PDR technicians on almost this exact same topic. Like don't go into dealerships and talk about all the shit that you don't have. Just talk about the stuff you have. No. Exactly. That is like, if you're competing, if you go to Lafayette and compete against Ryan Brewer at the dealerships, the one way that you could beat him, don't do it. <laughs> I don't, I don't. If you did it, I'm, it, come to Sacramento, California, whatever. The, the only way, the only way that you could beat me yeah. is to, you say you have time. I don't have time you can i'll be here every day i'll be here on a saturday i'm gonna like, come on, on saturday my kids play soccer i'm established all right. that stuff and so i just wanted to point out those two things well, that you just that said.
1: was the that was the biggest thing when i got into because i was in the same boat where i had my dealerships were locked up with these old school cats and I, I first five dealerships i went to they were like they threw my business card in the garbage they had nothing to do with me So i said look i went into the all the other dealerships and i said look man i don't want to be the first phone call i just want to be the second right right these guys are so comfortable they're not answering the phones half the time because they're so busy so you're gonna get a phone call and as long as you make yourself available um that'll show that work ethic that he's you know isaac's talking about that he did and you know that's i'm so proud of you as far as being young because I feel like you've done more in four years than people have done in their entire careers as of owning the business is awesome.
0: hundred percent. So let's talk about that. So basically you started body work for basically right out of high school. Essentially. Yeah. Did you go to a technical school or? No.
2: <laughs> He's yeah. So, uh, my, uh, my childhood best friend, um, his dad owned a body shop, body shop in, um, a town called Loveland, thirty minutes uh, west of where I am at. I'm at right now. Um, and so, growing up, you know, I knew that he always had a body shop over there. I knew that I kind of liked cars, and I was kind of a, I've, I was kind of at a stuck spot in my life. You know, I knew that I had an opportunity to go play, you know, very small college football and go get a business degree and like try and figure it out that way, or I could kind of try and, you know see what happens on going into a body shop and seeing if I can create, um, you know, a career that way, you know, um, kind of just taking the blue color out of things. So um, um, I called up my friend's dad and asked him if I would be able to get a job. And he was skeptical about taking me because I didn't have any experience. And um, since I was his, since I he was basically a father to me, um, he was like, yeah, man, you know, I'll hire you, you know, I'll, I'll hire you at minimum wage of, Seven dollars and twenty five cents. Um come over here um and sweep floors and go pick up, you know, go pick up parts and just you know yeah, yeah just basically be a chop hand for us, you know. Uh prepping parts and prepping panels and everything else like that. That's what you're gonna do. And I was like, Let's do it, man, you know. So I kinda went that route with everything.
0: So did you not think colors would work for you? Or what? Um, I'm just curious. Because no. most people it's, nowadays, all seems like a high majority of people always feel like they have to go to
2: college. Yeah. So I have uh, getting right out of, uh, so my senior year in high school was, you know, um, all throughout high school, it was all about sports for me. Um, that was a big, that was a big driving factor for me even showing up the day to, for school day to day, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I was looking forward to, you know, going to athletics and, you know, being with the guys and doing everything like that. Um, But it kind of, uh, everything kind of hit me really quickly um, whenever my senior season of uh, football was over. Um, I ended up dislocating my arm um, senior night of my senior year, you know, and um, wasn't able to really play through playoffs and everything else, wasn't able to do powerlifting, and it was kind of just over for me for sports-wise. And, um, you know, I remember sitting there thinking, okay, you know, you still have this opportunity to go play college ball, um, but what's after that, you know? I kind of got a rude awakening whenever football was over in high school, and I had to go to, I had to go to school to learn, to excel in education and everything that, like that. And, um, you know, I didn't like it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something for me. Um, You know, I, I really realized that I was mainly going to school to go to sports and not really go to um learn you know so um that's what really drove trying to find another avenue um for me um i have two older sisters that both went to college um super successful people um um and uh they kind of paved the way of going to college and you know um um you know that was kind of the the uh I don't want to say stigma, but that was the blueprint for life. You go to college, yeah. you know,
0: and it's for like American kids dude. Yeah. like, it's no. almost like, it's almost required. Not quite, but, and then Push. a large, the majority, large, large majority. And then obviously, cause it's ridiculously expensive because it's backed by government spending. Like right. the cost is ridiculous. Most parents can't afford it or mm-hmm. don't want to pay for it. And then, so you come out, you actually would have probably graduated this year from college. I would say yes. August yeah, of 2023. I yeah. Um, with and you'd with, be probably sixty or sixty or seventy thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, with tons of debt. No business. Yeah, no. Um uh, uh, yeah, dislocated be, shoulders.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be in the spot where I am today if no for sure. Yeah, sure. So
0: yeah. So I just want to draw that line because I think that's I think it's fascinating to me. Like I'm I'm a proponent of always learning. Baby mm-hmm. college is the route for that. If it's if you need to go that route to if you need to go to college to get something, nursing, doctor, something specific.
1: But right. like, I More feel like else. time
0: is better spent. Uh, yeah, lawyers, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time is better spent building a business and learning in the real world and listening to podcasts and books and whatever that you've done um, over the last three years. So I'll, I, as we go through the rest of the timeline, as you figure out where you've ended up at this four years, this was like four years of college. Yeah, um, right. and you said your sisters are super successful, but. We've talked a little bit and I, I know that you're doing just fine where yeah. you are after yeah, four know. years of non-college.
2: Yeah, I know for sure. For sure. I, I wouldn't say I'm in, I'm in too bad of a spot,
0: so
1: I'm really, <laughs> you, got a, you got a four, you got a 4.0 and, and the, uh, Fucking build a business, <laughs> building a business, right. And like the, the, <laughs> the school of life, which is awesome.
0: I appreciate that. So you, you're sweet floors, your sleeping floors, and then at some point, you you do body work or you just go to PDR or, or how did that show Yeah, so
2: you know, the kind of the way it went was, you know, I was sweeping floors, they put me as a uh, a painter's help. I was uh, masking vehicles, um, you know, Scotch priding panels, you know, prepping panels and everything else like that. That's promotion
0: right
2: there. Promotion. Yeah, I yeah, know promotion. <laughs> uh yeah. And um from there I kind of went into being an R I technician, um, you know, fitting new panels and just taking things apart, getting them ready for um, getting bodywork done or getting prime painted, whatever it was going to do. And then um, kind of in that phase, um, one day I noticed, I talked to Ryan about this a little bit before the podcast, but one day I noticed yeah. my boss, he was in the back of the shop behind the paint booth um, with a, a TDN hood stand with a hood on it, um, trying to push dents with a fluorescent light with a piece of electrical tape over the fluorescent light.
0: Like it was like- Your boss was?
2: Yeah, it was super dicky. <laughs> It was super jicky, and I was like, man, what are you doing, man? And um, I barely started, and I didn't know that he, he went and took a week of training at Dean King in Dallas. So he went over there and try and learned how to do PDR and um, came back and was just, you know, there's only so much you can learn in a week yeah. of not knowing anything about painless dent repair, you know. So right. he comes back, and he's like halfway trying to learn how to fix dents because uh, we don't really have a, a hell guy anymore. And uh, from there, it kind of just kind of jump-started jump my curiosity for paintless dent repair. Um, hopped on YouTube, found Jim Mitchell with Real World PDR, um, uh, found Christopher Ray with Dentless Touch, Mike Toledo uh, with Dent Time. Um, those guys, all those guys really, really pushed my uh, curiosity and interest for paintless dent repair. Uh, but, you know, with paintless dent repair being so difficult um, and being such a uh, learning curve wasn't able to really jump into it immediately. Um, So from there, I really uh, pushed to start doing body work because I was moving metal with tools a little bit and I would get it to a point and I was able to put Bondo and glaze on it and really smooth it out, prime it. And, you know, I became a body guy in this body shop I was in. Um, And in the meantime, after work, um, I bought a super cheap hood stand, dude. One of the X ones, you know, that fold yeah, out like yeah,
0: this yeah, yeah like super... every body shop has 20 of those yeah oh my
2: god Perfect. dude i hate those stands they're the worst yeah. i got a car i have a carbon tech hood stand now and it's like yeah. the best <laughs> thing
0: I've ever man yeah and, uh, you know, those bars are in like the way of everything the whole time it's oh, dude oh so bad anyway there's I nothing sturdy about it yeah
2: no. i i bought one of those i got a i got just a junk hood from uh from the body shop that i was working at took it home and yeah. You know before and after work i would wake up like an hour before work and i'd you know um i'd be pushing dents i had this hood stand in my room um and i'd bust it out after i get home from work and i was just sitting there in my parents house just pushing dents in my room um, um after work just what i would do is my boss i guess whenever he was at dinking um, they had a drill where they drew x's like a bazillion X's on this hood, man, and I would have to push you up each corner of the, the X, <laughs> push in the center, and then knock down each X, you know, and I did that all over, all over, and um, did that a thousand times, man, and then finally I started smacking the hood and, like, putting little dents in it, trying to just feel how it how it felt to actually push a hell dent, and um, using um, Jim Mitchell's program, uh, Real World PDR, I was able to kind of get further insight of how he Um, you know, creating a dent map was huge for me, you know, um, kind of creating a game plan before you actually took the dent on, um, was huge because whenever it didn't go as planned, you know, you at least had an avenue of how you were going to work the dent and, um, you know, just like I said, before and after work, I would, I would, uh, I would practice and then I got good enough to where my boss kind of started hiring me um to do you know pdr repairs in in-house mm-hmm. um i was fortunate enough to work up to commission um he was paying me a certain amount of money to do like hell cars and everything else it wasn't anywhere near like since i was barely learning it wasn't anything near um what you, should be, what you should be making but um i definitely do appreciate the reps that he was willing to give me um and then um from there, um, I talked to Jim Mitchell about wanting to come in and do in-person training. And he said it was going to be, you know, about $5,000 to come in and do in-person training. And I didn't have that type of money. So over the next year, I'd say from 2020 to 2021, I saved up $5,000 and was able to go to Lafayette, Indiana and train with Jim, um, for a week. And then from, from, from there, um, Jim Mitchell got me connected with, a uh, with a good guy down in Temple, Texas, his name's Sean Ferguson. Uh, owns Extreme Hell and Dent. Um, he um, he got in contact with uh, Sean. Sean was needing a technician, and um, Sean was um, Sean was willing to take me on. So um, that's kind of how I got on my
0: first hailstorm Damn. That's a good story. I see Brian and I both over here just like nodding our heads. It's like, I'm loving it. it dude. No but the, the matter how many how many people have coached? I've done 150 podcasts, mm-hmm. PDR coach and this and everything. It's like, there's it, it, just, a, just the world in general, like stop asking how you can build your business and just do stuff that you hear people doing. Like mm-hmm. literally put everything into it. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Like you were working at a body shop all day. Before work and after work, you have a hood in your room. I love it. Like sleeping next to it, like sleeping, like sleeping on it, like cradling it. Like it was binky, in the way, like, dude. It was
2: in the way. I was always. It didn't fucking matter.
0: It didn't matter though. You yeah, with it being
2: in the way, it was like okay, let's get on it. You know, if it's gonna right? be, yeah. let's let's uh, let's pick some dents
0: while we're working on it. You know, so. Yeah. And uh, then five grand at nineteen. 19- Years old, 20 years old, making seven dollars an hour, maybe some commission here and there. Oh well, uh, yeah. That's a lot of money. Like
2: thirteen dollars an hour is probably what I was.
0: Okay,
1: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> double, dude. That's that's almost <laughs> it <laughs> it is. almost
0: double. It is so yeah. I mean saving up five grand's not not a joke. Like there was Friday nights you, you didn't go out. There was things yeah, there was things. Yeah, you and I feel, I feel old now, right? Like I feel old. <laughs> Like I'm in my late thirties and I'm talking to this dude. Like I'm not that far away from om- <laughs> potentially being your, da- uh, your dad. Yeah, I mean you're not. I'm getting wise though. So honest. you don't focus on the negatives. Focus on positive. I'm getting yeah. wise. You are. But <laughs> 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 but that's what it takes though. Like it's not it's not a secret. It's not a uh you know you look at me or Ryan Brewer been doing this for 15, 20 years or any of the other people you follow Toledo. Uh, you mentioned Jim Mitchell, all these people. How do they do it? Like. They busted their ass. They did it for a long period of time. They did stupid shit like have a hood stand, a crappy hood stand with a free hood in their bedroom to fix it. Like this is, this is the kind of stuff that people did. Like I worked from 6am to 7pm for months and months on end and Saturdays. Like you see someone's life now and you think they have it all figured out, but they, they you forget that part of the four, five, six, seven years of the shit that you did. That people are just flat out aren't willing to do, but they want to be successful. So I'm just, I just want to, I just want to point
1: that stuff out. Well, Isaac, I want to point this out. Isaac said it without really saying it. He he had his boss, and I'm not, I'm not dogging your boss by any means, but he went, he did, he did what every ninety percent of people who try to get into the PDR industry, they tried to go to the Ding King for a week. They came back to their shop and they farted around. And look it like a, he, he did that and look what you did, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you talk to I mean do you do you ever have a conversation or ever had a conversation with your ex boss and um has he asked you like hey man how did you do this and I didn't?
2: No, not really, man. Um that,
0: because you know, that, that takes way too much humility, dude. That's a tough question for people to ask, Ryan.
1: It is, but it's just like mm-hmm. that's what that's what ninety percent of people who try to get into our industry right. do. And then we have I say fifty percent of those guys wind up just, you know, hacking cars up for the rest of their career, you know. And it's like yeah. Yeah. to be a good technician, a good business owner, you really have to do, you know, what Isaac has done and what he's doing now. It's mm-hmm. it's awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, we really didn't have any conversations like that. Um, whenever I ended up leaving, I r- I really left at kind of a bad time. Um, and uh, with that being said, it kind of, I don't want to say tarnished our relationship, but it definitely, you know, it definitely split us apart a little bit. And we really haven't had much communication since I left.
1: Gotcha.
2: I, I really, but I mean, regardless of what he thinks of me um, or how, what our relationship is or anything else like that, I really genuinely do appreciate him because um he did a lot for me um with him
1: you wouldn't be where you're at today without him right no without
2: him i wouldn't be here with him being able being willing to give me a shot and just hire me um it's uh you know, he's he's done more yeah, for me a, than I probably can ever do for him, you know, so. Yeah, there's always those
0: key factors. And then your manager, I think you said his name was Roberto, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be those key players um, yeah, no. he in, was huge. In, in the game, you know. It's never just solo. But you put yourself in those positions when you go out and hustle, when you knock on the doors, when you call people up and ask for jobs, and then show up to the job and not be, not be a bad worker. Got yeah. out like then you, you you were the best i bet you were the best four super the dude ever had and he didn't yeah. want to and he didn't want to make you be a prepper because then his fours were gonna be all oh, dirty and you probably did both actually probably.
2: i helped out but i helped like, out wherever i could man that yeah,
0: job was really good that's what it comes yeah that's, that's what it comes was really down to though, is like you went in you busted your ass you did a good job you didn't just show up and sit on your phone like it seems yeah. like stereotypically is going to happen like you mm. it takes people it takes other people to give you opportunities but you have to show up and make the best of those opportunities even if it's 7:25 an hour opportunity
2: yeah no for sure yeah they they were great guys man i i was willing to do whatever i could to learn and whatever i could to just excel in the industry mm-hmm. and um honestly if i wouldn't if i didn't have bigger plans at the time to you know one day own my own shop and one day you know do all these big things, I would probably still be there because they were genuinely good people and I really enjoyed going and working at that body shop every day. So um yeah, they're really pointed that guys. You point
0: about, I love that you pointed that out, Ryan, because that's so that's so true, dude. Like I didn't even yeah. think about that. But that's literally what almost everybody does is yeah. that they're just like, Yeah, I'm gonna learn this stuff. And then they're like, hey, So I don't know if they think it's gonna be easy or or they have an expectation and then the reality sets in and those are so they're so <laughs> far apart that nah. They can't reconcile
1: that. So what made you want to open up like brick and mortar shop? Because also I'm pointing that out back in the day, people just wanted to learn the trade of paintless dent repair. It seemed like, was it the YouTube videos and like you diving into learning PDR and seeing the shops like Mike Toledo has and seeing what Jim Mitchell has? Were you like, you know, I kind of want something. I want a brick and mortar location. Like that's my goal as you were learning paintless dent repair.
0: Yeah, that was that was kind
2: of a idea. You know, I always had the vision in my in my head to like be able to pull up to a shop and see my business name on the outside and like you know be taking care of my customers and everything else like that. But um, whenever it really got set in stone was after my first hailstorm. Um, the money's great and everything else like that. But um, I really, I I'm really, I really my my main focus is setting up a business model and setting up you know the way I do business in general in a way where, um, I'm home every night, you know, um, I have something where I don't have to go across the country to work if I don't have to, you know, it's like, um, just the uh, stability was the main thing for me. Um, not having to count on the next hailstorm, storm, having a brick and mortar shop where I always have work, um, coming in and out of the shop, you know, retail customers are always needing a dent fix, no matter if it's hail, a door ding or, you know, even, a smash fender. you know, we're willing to take it all on. And after my first hellstorm, that vision really came um, to not fruition, but it really, it really became the main goal for me is to um, open up my own place and open up something that I could call mine and I could wake up in the morning, drive to work and come home at night and know that, you know, um, I'm not going to have to worry about where's, where am I going next? You know,
0: right. So, stability, I, I, I'm, stability. I'm, I'm curious. There. Do you have? Are you married?
2: No, I'm not. Yeah, it sounds
1: like
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. It's a catch right here. Like, right. I, I, you're, he's, you sound very mature to me. <laughs> I, I'm a 20. I remember myself at 22.
1: Do you have a, you a girlfriend, old? though, right?
2: I do. I do. I have a girlfriend. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, you better she, let you look at her. her is, she, is she there? Is she there? No,
2: she's no, not. I'm in my shop right now. I, got I just it. thought you
0: look at somebody. I was curious. <laughs> like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm just
2: so looking around. Stuff. Yeah, no, I'm in my
0: shop. Um, so that's cool. I mean, I think there's a lot of, there's a, how many guys, Ryan, you, you know more than I do, Ryan, about guys who tasted hail money at in their early 20s and never stops chasing it?
1: Everybody I know that's ever tasted it, never. <laughs> like, how can you taste, how can well, you Isaac, taste something well, so good and never do it again? But Isaac, there's a difference,
0: because the, the being at well, being well, a guy's there's
1: He's lucky because he's in a location that gets hail at least every year. Yeah. You're gonna get hail, okay, like maybe not a, a massive hailstorm, but you're gonna right. get it, and it's 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 a great location. I think he's got the best of both worlds. Um, you know where yeah. he set roots at. You know,
0: yeah. So really, the question
1: is like getting to it is when did you realize? Because this is like all happening so fast, right? When did yeah, you realize weird. throughout this this uh you know your time in the business that Hey, I need I'm I'm in paintless sim repair. I need to add another service. How did you find RestoreFX and why, yeah. why did you choose that?
2: Yeah, so that's a that's a great um that's a great question because um so whenever I first found um whenever I first found RestoreFX, it was uh Corey, he was promoting it. Um I don't really know um if it was in a forum, if I, I just saw the name RestoreFX, but I started to kind of look at it. I found one YouTube video online of like somebody getting it done to their vehicle. And I was just like, and then I asked Corey, the main question I asked him, I think it was back in like, uh, I think it was like late 2021. I asked him, I was like, Hey man, um, do you need a shop to apply, uh, restore effects? And he was like, yes, mm-hmm. you know, you, you definitely need a shop. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I don't have a shop, you know? Mm-hmm. And so over the next year or so, um, uh, I knew that that was something I wanted to do. Restore effects, I saw as something that kind of hit, I guess you could say the detail industry from a different angle. Um, and it was something that kind of would separate me from everybody else because I wanted to add services, but I didn't want to be another detail guy. I didn't want to be another tank guy. I didn't want to ceramic be another PPF right. guy, ceramic, ceramic coat, coat, you know, because I felt like that market is so... Um, that market is so overpopulated. I was going to just kind of be resetting what I've already done with having to go in and like explain that I'm the youngest guy here, but okay. I can ceramic <laughs> I can ceramic coat better than anybody out there. And it's like right. getting into stuff like that, man. It's like, it's all ceramic coatings, you know, detailing and everything else like that. I'm not knocking it by, by any means. I'm not knocking it, but it's almost like, how well you can present your business and you know, how well you can let that customer know that we are the spot to take care of you. Um, whether that's from whether that's um, you know, your your online presence, whether that's your shop presence where like you have a really good office space that's real nice, you know, you have in-house detail products that you sell, everything else like that if you don't really have that, you know, you're not going to really be a top dog in the industry until you can get to that point, you know? And, um, I saw restore effects as something where I can, um, I can come in, I can, I can bring this new product to the market that nobody else has brought. Um, and you know, I can kind of just see what happens, you know, it was something that I wanted to do. And, um, the main thing was just, I needed a shop. So I didn't, so I kind of put everything on the back burner for 2021. And then in, in 2022, um, Jackson, Mississippi got hit with a really good hailstorm. And um, my good buddy, William Durr, uh, with yeah. Durr's Dents and Dings, um, yeah. asked me if I'd be willing to um, come over there and work with him. Because I met him at, uh, at the Anton Open House um, the year prior, whenever I was working my first hailstorm, Because my good buddy, Justin Chamberlain, said I needed to be there there was going to be dent techs on dent techs. And if you wanted to know, if you wanted to get into the industry and grow, um, grow your network and grow the amount of people that, you know, in the industry, you need to be at Anson open house. So I was like, all right, I'll go. And (laughs) from there, I met a lot of good people over there um, and William Durr being one of them. And I was fortunate enough to go over there to Mississippi and uh, again, make really good hell money. Um, Came back home because my hometown um, Loveland, 30 minutes from 30 minutes west of where I'm at right now, got hit with hell. And uh, my phone was starting to blow up with people that kind of knew that I did uh, PDR. And whenever I got back home, um, I, I started renting a shop out of like, there. there's these, you know, they have like the district of shops, you know, where you can, like you get unit number 311 and you can go All in right. there, you know, it's a, uh, it was, we were in, we were in suite number 87 and um, it was a, uh, like, the shop was a little more than a thousand square feet, and um, I just started moving vehicles in and out. You know, three, just three cars, maybe. Yeah, just just getting them in and out. Uh, just,
0: just Corey knows about that. I, I don't, don't. I know a thousand square feet.
2: Yeah, man. I didn't have any idea of how I was supposed to deal with insurance companies. You know, I didn't know who was I supposed to call to get parts. I don't have a. I don't have a clue, man. I don't have <laughs> any idea. I just knew that I I needed to go home, and in order for me to achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve. These were the steps that needed to be took, you know. So, um, and then after that hell season kind of slowed down, I really had um, capital to be able to invest in myself, and that's whenever I bought the uh, the license for RestoreFX. Love it, and you know, it's been it's been rolling ever since, you know. So
0: yeah, dude, dude I talked to I talked to him the other day, Ryan, um, or a message. Yeah, we were talk, talking on the phone. He's like three four cars a day too. Restore yeah. FX. We we no, were, you, we yeah, were. You started yeah, we out at were. a
1: thousand square foot. Are you still at a thousand yep. square foot or did you, you get more? Yeah, you changed from the suite situation.
2: Yeah, no, we, like. we, we no we got a bigger shop now. Um we have a we have a um a shop that's a little over four thousand square feet and we have awesome. three bay we have three bay doors now, so um we're able to get vehicles in and out and um and it's it's very good. So
1: Corey, yeah. you know this dude's yeah. moving this this dude's moving faster than you. So much faster.
0: Crush it. Wow. No
1: <laughs> doubt so, about it. It's so
0: wild. That's killer. Do you you lease the place? Is a standalone building
2: or you own it or what? No, no. So it's kind of in the same setup as the other one. It's just a yeah. it, It's kind of right. in the same same type deal, but it's in a better location. Um, it's more in like we were way out of town, man. Um to get yeah, to us, yeah. it was like I remember
0: you I remember you telling me that actually 30 minutes or something, right? Yeah, it
2: was way yeah. out. I mean it took it took it was a 30 minute commute to get to dealerships to get vehicles to back so we, were, Thanks, dude, we were losing an hour every which way you every which way you turned if we were going to pick up a vehicle we had to invest an hour to get the vehicle you know and it was oh, just money tough, dude. it's money just leaving yeah. and it was yeah. very tough so um we were fortunate f- fortunate enough to pick up this shop that's right off of the main access road that splits lubbock in half and there's no stoplights mm-hmm. or anything off this road so we hit every dealership in. I think we'll drive. I think we'll drive for ten minutes, maybe, and we're nice. at every dealership in Lubbock, so um, it's it's really helped um, getting vehicles to and from the shop. It's been great. Killer, dude, it's killer.
0: And you have people working for you? I know
2: at yeah. least one. Yeah. So um, whenever I originally started uh, RestoreFX, um, I uh, I hired a good buddy of mine. Uh, we played we played football together in high school, and we were we were real good buddies growing up. And I knew that he kind of needed a uh, an avenue, just uh, just guidance in life in general. And um, I needed somebody that was willing to trust me in the beginning stages of this, of this endeavor. And um, I told him, his name's Mason. He's a great guy, man. He's a really good guy. I told him, Mason, I was like, man, I I need somebody that's gonna be um, the lead technician for this, uh, for this service that I'm bringing to Lubbock. And um, I couldn't think of a better guy than you to bring on. And he was like, Amen. He didn't ask how much he's getting paid, how much anything. Oh, he's, just like, he's like, let's do it, man. So um, I told him, I was like, man, you don't got to pay for anything. I'm going to pay for your training. I'm going to pay for hotels, meals. It don't matter. Just come with me to Bellingham, Washington. Learn how to, you know, halfway apply this product. Come back to Lubbock with me. And I promise we're going to make this work. And um, he's been with me for a year now. And he's absolutely crushing it. Um, with him being with him crushing it so well we've been fortunate enough to hire another employee his name's Caleb he kind of helps us more on the logistics side of things kind of uh, um, helps us really uh, figure out how we're going to be um, uh, estimating these vehicles for restore effects and um, how we're really going to be able to legitimize these prices that we give these customers so as opposed to just blabbing out a number you know yeah we can do it for 850 we have right. a really refined system of how we came up with that pricing well kind of like kind of like how mobile tech rx you know we have a three inch dent you know okay it's a medium depth okay price it's dead. on a body line you know everything else you are we we've taken a new avenue to be able to price these restore FX vehicles out in a way that it looks more um legit to the customer they're not just getting a price and it's like they know exactly why we price their vehicle accordingly and um Caleb has been great. I mean, he graduated from the Texas uh, from Texas A and M, um, and he's a uh, he's fresh out of college, so he still has that um, that uh, behind the computer, you know, um, getting stuff knocked knocked out on like um, um, Google Excel and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. All those formats and everything else that I'm not too familiar with, <laughs> he can crush it, man. He is he is all the way legit with it. So um um so yeah, we have Mason and Caleb and myself. And it's just the three of us for right now. We're we're actually planning on um, hiring somebody in the next month or so because uh, we kind of
1: need it. So yes. Yeah. So I got some advice for you, right? This is Sorry. some Paul. This is some Paul Corden advice that he kind of hit me done? with. He kind of hit me the other day with. And the like one reason why Paul Corden's so successful in communicating with people is because he's consistent, right? So you, you teach your guys consistency and you were just saying that whenever you're trying to sell a product or sell a service, it has to be repetition. It has to be the same thing every single time. You could talk to Paul about his, his matrix is, is, okay. you know, what he's selling. Right. And he like, he's like Siri, right? He's everything he says. Uh, it's like, he's he said it a hundred million times and it comes out the same way every single time. Right. Um, to where people just understand it and you're not just like, oh, you know, like, like shooting from the hip, right? Mm-hmm. People really understand stuff that way. And it's, it's, I think it's an easier way to train. Uh, I'm actually starting to train my manager that way um, okay. to just be consistent with, and this is for everybody, right? Consistency is key whenever you're selling something and you have to know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. hundred percent. No, I'd love to talk to y'all more about that, you know, kind of, yeah. Kinda- Kind of aside from the podcast and see, you know, pick y'all's brain about um, what y'all actually think about consistency and everything else like that. You know,
0: that'd be great. So, how how you how you how you handling hail and restore effects with three guys? Something's got to give, I suppose.
2: Yeah, um, restore effects has kind of taken uh, taken the biggest blow because of this hail damage. Um,
0: can't beat the hail, money.
2: <laughs> you can't, man. I mean, you got to capitalize on it. So. Yeah. Um, my focus has over the past, I'd say two months have really been focused on hell. And with that being said, we've really declined in restore effects. I mean, we're about, we're at, uh, we're still a a vehicle a day. Um, and then sometimes we'll get two vehicles, but, um, you know, it's, it's really declined because I haven't been able to be there and, you know, my guys are great, but, um, whenever I'm in the, whenever I'm talking to, um, you know, managers and everything else like that. And we're able to go do demos for more dealerships and everything else like that. It, it, it um, you know, it, it really fuels yeah. the fire, you know, to, yeah. to make sure that everything's running the way it needs to run. So I've, I've really kind of been out of the picture for restore effects, but um, it's not a bad thing at all. Um, the fact that I've been out of restore effects for the past two months and my guys, Caleb and Mason have been able to still, Make us money, um, with me not even being in the picture, and these guys haven't even been doing it for a year. I mean, it goes to show that not only is RestoreFX um, an easy business model to really excel in, because um, I mean, we're not we're not anything special. We're not business gurus. We're not the fattest Yeah, we're not the selling, baddest yeah, dudes yeah. on the planet. We're just uh, we're just trying to make it work. And the right. fact that Caleb's been with us for about uh, I'd say for about two to three months now and um mason's been been with us for um coming up on a year and these guys have still been able to um at least have a vehicle in the shop every day it speaks volumes on the product itself because i mean dealerships love it and we've been rolling with the the marketing um digital marketing program and that's really helped on the retail side of things so we're kind of seeing more retail vehicles in the shop now and um i've kind of just been completely out of it so um I'm I'm excited to get back into it though, man. Um, like I said, we're looking to hire another another guy for the restore effects side of things. That way, we can kind of bump up that volume again. Cause uh, um, I'm not I'm not mad about it or anything else, but we can definitely be better. You know, I always like to be better than what we were. And uh, yeah. you know, we're going to continue. That's the hardest part. Is that
0: like that's the hardest part is replicating yourself. That's like what Brian Brian's saying too. Is that like. And the same thing for me with restore effects like when i'm actively pursuing restore effects we're way busier mm-hmm. but like how do i how do i get i don't know if it's a bit it's doable I'm not saying it's yeah. possible but it's hard it's a hard thing to teach i don't know if it's because i'm a business we the business owners that we care just that little bit extra and get those yeah. cars we know we like or what it is like why that's hard to transfer that Cause I'm not some sales guru either, but like I get way more cars than my other guys. Yeah, I don't know how I do it, but I do it. You know, yeah. Um, so transferring that over—that's the difficult part. I know, Ryan, you've had you know some struggles like getting that same amount of volume when you're doing it every day. Like when you leave for a hail, you come back, and you're like, this is a little bit off. You
1: know. Yeah. Uh, so I fixed I fixed that problem, okay, and we could just, talk. We could, we could talk more about that uh after the podcast because um, yeah. it's a little bit, but. Um, it was it was the thing that you know changed my entire. But it's the reason why I'm here. I'm able to chase hail because it's something I yeah. like to do. I'm not I'm not in Pennsylvania right now because I have to be right. I'm here because right. I want to be. Um, so no, it's you're good. going
2: to 68 degree weather, man.
1: That's why yeah. I'm in I'm in Louisiana. It's super hot. Sick. So I'm over here and it's 60. It dropped down another four or five degrees. It's probably 65 right now with breeze. Yeah, you're enjoying awesome. it, man. So my question for you, like talking about that a little bit also is what's your next goals as far as, are you going to like ramp up restore effects? Or are you going to add more services? Um, like, what does your future look like? Cause I feel like I'm going to hear about it in six months that you're you know, in a 14,000 square foot building and you're just yeah. fucking killing it, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I've always kind of, um uh I like to I like to run my business off of the idea of, you know, you don't want to build multiple bridges before one's fully built, because, I mean, you're going to end up having multiple bridges that are halfway built and then they're not usable, you know. So yeah. um, with us with us really focusing on restore effects, you know, in restore effects, I've found a, uh, a business model that is really scalable, something that I could bring a new guy in, um, teach him how to do it in two, three, four weeks, maybe. And he's processing vehicles and, um, and the fact that it's a scalable business and, um, I see that it's something that in time I can have fully running without me even touching it. Um, that's the main thing for me, um, earlier in the podcast, I kind of, um, I kind of touched on, um, the big thing for me is, uh, is, uh, stability and making sure that, uh, what I do is going to be there and it's going to last. Um, restore effects is going to last. And so with that being said, I think, uh, I think my main goal right now is to um, get restore effects Lubbock up and running and then uh, go to somewhere else and open up another restore effects. And, um, awesome. and we'll see what happens there, man. And then who knows, man, who knows what happens? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I like
1: it. I like it. I love
0: yeah. it. Uh, any, but, any plans for more PDR techs?
2: Um, not, not right now. This uh, kind of
0: smart, dude. He's like he's like you you have the scale of PDR, you make the income, and then you build the restore FX business, which I think is why almost pretty much why every dent guy I know has started a restore effects yeah. No, sorry, I said that backwards. All the re all the den guys that I do know that have started restore RestoreFX have mm-hmm. done it for that reason. Is the scalability yeah. of it. They all it's want to build bigger businesses and scaling with PDR is I don't want to say impossible because I don't think anything is, but Show me someone who's done it <laughs> over, over. You know, two, three texts. Really. Yeah, no,
2: it, it's you tough, know. man. And especially there's a couple of dense to, but especially with me being so young. I mean, I'm only 22. If I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of, if I wanted to try and find a um, a guy to come in and do the PDR work for me, I either got to find a guy that's going to be older than me by yeah. several years, and yeah. he has to be willing to come in and listen to me and do things mm-hmm. the way I want them done. Or I gotta find a guy that's younger than me, and if I find right. a guy that's younger than me, um, that's you able You don't trust to young people, people uh, man. If if I find <laughs> a, if I find a guy that's younger than me, he's gonna that's and good. he and he turns out to be a good uh, PDR technician. I would feel bad. I, I would see myself in him. You know, he needs to go yeah. out and do his own thing. You know, right? You right? want to see
1: yourself. That's like perfect what you just said. You want to see. You want to yeah, see yeah. somebody come into your shop and say, dude, I really, I love what you guys got going on. I want to be part of it, whether it's on the restore effects side or it's as a dent technician. And I will be willing to come here and sweep the floors for minimum wage. Minimum wage is not $7 an hour anymore, but. Yeah, it's not. Right? We can, uh, I've never had that though. I've never had somebody come into my business and say, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to be a paintless dent repair technician or a lead technician in restore effects. Yeah. and it's crazy because i actually offered i had some porters that worked for me that were really young in their early 20s probably oh, maybe a little older than you right yeah so i said uh, one of my porters one day i said look man do you want to learn how to do paintless dent repair and this kid looked at me and said no man I, I think i'm good where i'm at i like porting cars and i said i looked at him and i said do you know what i would have done for somebody at your age to ask me that question yeah i would have i would have killed somebody to do that right Yeah, and yeah this kid he didn't even blink an eye he just said hey man i'm cool I'm where i'm at cars. and it it just blew my mind because i don't think younger generations understand you know even as an employee what they can make um and in, in the whether it's on the dent side of the restore effect side you know so you know, if, if we have people listening out there that even aren't in the industry you know think about stuff like that mm.
2: Yeah, man. Be willing to be, be doing be willing to do whatever is necessary to, you know, achieve what you want to achieve. You know, um, right. I mean, the, the world is tough. It's full of uh, it's full of trials and errors and the situations that you're going to go through, man. Um, it's not all sunshine and rainbows in the beginning. You're going to have to really cut your teeth if you want to become something that you want to become, you know, and
0: um, right. doing
2: just that, doing whatever is n- Whatever you gotta do to become the thing that you want to do, and taking and taking action and doing those things, that's really the only way it's gonna be done. It's not gonna land in your lap, you know. So, hundred
0: percent, dude. Anyway, I didn't ended on that.
2: That was I awesome, story, nice. dude.
0: That's a great story. Great example. Um, I don't know what else to say, dude. Like, if you if if you if you look at your own life, take a take a snapshot of your own life, maybe compare it to Isaac. He reminds me a lot of Ryan Campbell, actually right yeah. yeah. um there's the just the the bus asked to make it and going quick too like within within a five year span of being a, a big, you know where where most guys have spent decades to get to get to um which is awesome and, and a testament again to the people sharing in the industry that that make it possible too right all the all the people right. sharing
1: yeah. um
0: but yeah take a look at your own life and, and if you if you want to be more successful then do what it takes and you can see what it takes. I think we said.
2: Yeah. yeah. All right. That's
0: it. Catch on catch on. Thank you, Isaac. I appreciate it. Keep Thanks, crushing buddy.
2: it. Yeah, thank,
1: I you. thank you. I can't wait. I can't wait. We'll me. touch base with you in like two weeks and find out what you, you <laughs> know, what's <laughs> oh, changed dude. in two weeks. I'm sure it's gonna be all something hail going right on. now. Yeah, it's right. all
2: hell right now, and it's it's gonna be all hell for a little bit right now. So yeah. fortunately enough. So uh but awesome. nice. yeah, yeah, man. Thank y'all for having me on. It was a great time.
0: I really yeah, enjoyed talking to you guys. All right, buddy. Thanks, yeah. Welcome back to the Masters of Recon podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Isaac Anthony out of Lubbock, Texas. He has been fixing cars all the way back since 2019 in the body shop world. And then 2020 enters into PDR and then 2022 moves into Restore FX. So um, he's not a patient guy. Welcome to the show, Isaac.
2: Hey, man. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a huge honor, man. I love y'all's podcast. I love what y'all do, and I'm excited to be here. So. Excited to see the Um, conversations that we have.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I don't know how we met. I I think you called me for opening up Restore Effect Center. I think is the first time we talked. Is that right?
2: Well, if the actually the first time we ever talked was uh, I was trying to get advice on how to walk into a dealership and talk to uh, talk to uh, (laughs) managers, man. Um, Everywhere I I I would get, I get kind of shoved out the door, you know, and like
1: for dents or for restore.
2: For, for dense, for dense, I was, oh, cool.
1: awesome.
2: yeah, Lubbock's kind of a hell prominent area or it has been over the past couple years. So I didn't know this when getting into PDR, but um, whenever I got into PDR and I kind of um, got off my first hell storm and came back home, and started looking around, there's pretty much a PDR shop everywhere you look.